Ify, <laughs> great to see you. It's a, you can't see people, but it's a pink day for Lou. She's got a pink top on with a pink wall. I do, I know, it is actually. I'm kind of merging into the background here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so today um, you came up with the idea, which I think is a great one, of uh, helping kids as they go back to school and they settle back into school. So what, what were your thoughts, Lou? Well, my thoughts were, I guess, from my own personal experience, because I've got two daughters going back to school um, and just conscious of the discussions that I'm having with friends and I'm listening to on the news and I'm having, obviously, with my kids and their friends. Um, just conscious of the potential emotional turmoil that could be happening for the kids, but not just for kids, for the parents. And how we as an adults can support the kids going through that time as they return to school. But also knowing that there's uncertainty around that. So we know the kids are going to go back to school, but there might be a possibility then school stops again if they're in local lockdown. Um, and then how is, how is us as parents actually use this as an opportunity to support them in developing some key life skills that can help them as they move through this time? Absolutely. And, and it's interesting you say that because I know that neither of my girls want to go back to school. Um, but I was speaking to, and it's not because either of them don't like school. They just, they like being at home and they don't, they don't want to go back. Um, and I was talking to another friend who was saying her kids cannot wait to get back to school. Mm. And so, and I hadn't really thought about what was right under my nose and started talking last week a bit to the girls about going back and actually they're more anxious than I realized and and that's fine but whilst it's swimming around in their head and they haven't said it out loud I can't help them with it and I think you know it made me feel a bit well, bad because obviously we're psychologists so you'd think you know <laughs> you'd think of doing that but I think it's really important as a parent or an uncle or an aunt or whoever to actually just check in with them and say how are you feeling about it are you okay about it but not in a way that makes them think they should be worrying about something it's that fine line isn't it because you could go are you worried about going back and then they'll sit there thinking well I wasn't until you said that now I am but it's just explore it with them. How did you, how do you feel about it? What what are you looking forward to? What's what maybe is is bothering you? Um, is anything bothering you? It's fine if nothing is. I mean, it's interesting because you, you say you know I can't help them with that, but what you just said would be helping them with that. Oh. <laughs> so but I think I think that's the the bit that I was missing before is actually it's unlocking it. It's, yeah. it's not just leaving it swimming around in their head when you don't know what's going on. It's bringing it out into the open and then you can help them with it. And, and, I, and I think from what, like, from our discussions and actually it's quite interesting because one of my good friends is a, is a head teacher of a sec secondary school in England. And, uh, he, you know, he's alluded to the fact that actually it is, you know, he's aware and all the teachers are aware that it's going to be a tough time for children coming back. But as adults and as parents, we also don't know what's going on. So we're going to have a level of, potentially have a level of anxiety or worry and that there'll always be people on the really worried scale versus the ones who are just totally relaxed. Yeah. And actually, I think our role is to, to notice and become aware of our own emotions in it 
so that that's not then transferring to the kids as well. Absolutely. And obviously from the mirroring perspective, I will be a strong advocate of that. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, if we if we're not aware of our own level of anxiety, it will have an unconscious impact on our child's level of anxiety. So if we say, say we're a set of seven out of 10 on anxiety, but we don't actually realize because we've not checked in, we've been too busy. We've not really thought about it, reflected on it. That seven out of 10 will be giving our child probably a seven out of 10 of anxiety, even though no one's said anything, no one's deliberately done anything. And so, it's not just checking in with our kids, it's checking in with ourselves and saying, hang on, how, how do I feel? Mm. Do you know what? I am feeling a bit anxious about this. And then whilst I don't think in life in general, it's a good idea to mask emotions and behaviours, I think there is a degree to which as a parent, not completely, because I think there needs to be a level of transparency, but you, you put on a more reassured front than you may feel. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely agree. And, and it's, it's, you know, we've talked before about never, never has, has individual context been so important and so impactful on people's lives right now. So everybody's in a different situation, or in a different boat, in the same sea, different boat. And, and I think the one thing when I think about my daughter starting secondary school is, she doesn't really know how it's going on, because there's been no transition work. So everyone, but everyone's in the same boat. So at least no, I've missed that it's Meg's starting secondary school. That's that's pretty major. So, but everyone's in the same boat, and I'm trying to get as much information as I can from the school. But again, I, I, it, that comes in drips and drabs, um, and there's so much within this which is totally out of our control. So that you know, you, you, you can't get all the information. Everyone's off on annual leave. When the schools come back, they have an inset day. You don't know. You just don't know what you don't know. There's so much out there. the government guidelines change on a regular basis, which which must, must be hugely frustrating for schools to sort out as well. Mm-hmm. They've got to communicate with a whole lot of new parents and old, you know, uh, current parents. Um, it's got to be a tough job. Um, so there's so much going on that's out of your control it's quite hard to actually figure out what can you control what can you do so I very much are breaking it down to really simple go I know Meg will make it I will drive Meg to school on that first day I know what she needs to wear she'll take a school bag she'll have a packed lunch and uh, there's been a list of things she needs to take in a school bag we'll do that on the first day she'll figure out what's going on and then we'll work out what she needs from there but the thing about that is, is you are taking a pretty pragmatic, relaxed approach, which will influence how Meg feels. She will feel more in control and relaxed about it. But she'll also, I know from the way we've talked about you parenting, I mean, we don't talk about, let's talk about parenting, but you will have discussed that with her and so it'll all be very reassuring because if she goes in and she suddenly thinks, oh my goodness, I haven't got these things that all the other kids have got, it'll be fine because she'll know that you've had that discussion with her and say, look, Meg, you know, if we haven't got X, Y, and Z, it's fine. We'll get it the following day or we'll get it after school on the first day or what have you. Whereas a child that hasn't had that conversation will go in and think, oh my goodness, I haven't got it. And, and then their thoughts could well run away with them because no one's given them that reassurance or 
knowledge that actually someone's going to help me. And it sounds really, really obvious, but it's not. Yeah, and that's where, and I know we've alluded to in, in some of our other chats, I think acceptance is such a valuable tool right now and is really powerful. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's much easier just to fight things and be frustrated and get angry and get annoyed, focus on the things we can't control, but actually accepting the situation for what it is and understanding that actually um, everything will change on a regular basis. There is a lot of uncertainty. It gives you being able to kind of let some of that frustration go what we call dropping the rope. I know we've used these analogies before. Instead of fighting, imagining you're like, um, you've got a rope between you and this, uh, <laughs> this monster the other side of the ravine, and you've got a rope and you're pulling back and forth because you're trying to fight this thing that you can't control and you're getting frustrated and angry that maybe you're not getting communication, but actually just letting go as a rope. And the monster's still there, but you let go of the rope means you're just not fighting it. You're not expelling that energy. You've got the energy then to focus on the things you can control, the things you can do something about, which ultimately is supporting your kids going back to school. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's so important. And it's that um, acceptance and commitment therapy again. Actually, I got a, a, a little handbook. I know I'm always banging on about Russ Harris, but it's a different one, um, which is very useful. I'll put it on the link. Um, but there are various analogies, aren't there? And I like that one. And there's also the one of, there's a radio in the background and you can, you can, it's playing, it's playing a song that annoys you and you can sit there and get irritated that it's playing the song that annoys you, or you can just concentrate on something else and you actually f can almost forget that the radio is on, it's still on, but you're concentrating on something else. And so it sort of plays out rather than you again expending that energy on getting irritated because i don't like this song why is it playing on the radio why can't i turn the radio off it's saying okay well i'm going to focus on um the piece of work i'm doing at the moment and actually you forget that that radio that song's playing on the radio and by the time you put your head up it's actually finished um or, or the bus driver one, you know, the bus driver one. I'm just giving different different options for people to try and understand rather than just throwing loads of things out there. Um, there's a driver, there's a guy driving a bus and he's got all these really rowdy kids on the bus and he can be getting really upset and telling them to be quiet and you know not concentrating on driving the bus, which is actually quite dangerous. Or he can sit there and think, do you know what? I'm just gonna concentrate on the road ahead. I'm gonna look at where I'm going I know they're a noisy lot. I can't do anything about it. I'll just let them get on with it. They'll be getting off the bus soon. And it's treating our thoughts like that. But as you say, it's not easy to do. It's not how our brain has evolved to operate. And it is something we have to continually remind ourselves. But if we can, it's so helpful. So helpful. And I, you know, when you're talking there, some of the things that come into mind are actually about kind of realistic expectations mm. and I think through this scenario you know, the expectation would have been we would have known a lot more information and the kids would have been a lot more prepared going back to school um, especially mm. people starting secondary school they would have gone through a lot of more transition work so it's, it's almost having those realistic expectations you know I'm not gonna know everything this time around I'm not I'm not gonna be as prepared a parent as the parents were last year for kids who were starting secondary school. 
um, I'm, I'm not going to be, um, you know, the schools aren't as prepared. So I can't expect to have, for them to know exactly how everything's going to work. Uh, we've not all done this before. This is a new situation. And I think having those realistic expectations allow you to accept that more. But if we keep going with unrealistic expectations, we're never going to achieve what we want to achieve because we're setting ourselves up to fail to start off with. Yeah. yeah. And as you said, expending a whole lot of energy in the process. And um, it, something else that came to my mind when you're talking about that is tolerance as well. It's having tolerance for people. We are, we are as you used the analogy before, which I love, we're all weathering the same storm we met. We're just in different boats and understand that someone else may respond by getting cross or frustrated or, um, or upset or withdrawn. And we all respond differently, but we're all trying to manage the same situation. And checking in with people is so important. So important. And there's this lady who I, um, start of connected with through someone on Instagram and she's putting some lovely posts but one of them which was really simple but so meaningful last week was how are you really mm. and adding the really on the end is incredibly powerful because we go how are you I'm fine thanks how are you but that and you know I think as in our profession we probably pause and we let people unwrap it a little bit more but not always but I think, you know, that, that, how are you really? It just gives people the permission. It gives the, the pause for people to think, actually, how am I? It's not just an automatic response I'm going to give you. I'm actually going to think about how I am. And it's also so caring to put the really at the end, because it says, I really actually do care how you are. I'm not just being polite. I'm not just saying hello. So I found that really simple, but powerful. How are you really? Yeah, and, and these are simple skills and tools that parents, adults can, can use to support kids going back to school, right? So it's, it's being able to have some good questions up their sleeve, like, you know, how are you? you know, really? And, and you alluded to another one is actually pausing. Yeah. It, it, it allows the people you've asked that to take time to think about it. Mm -hmm. rather than jumping in with another question and be comfortable with a bit of silence take a breath count to 10 whatever you mm -hmm. need to do to just give that space and time for someone to to reply i think that's really helpful take um, kid, because kids take a while to understand how to verbalize what they're thinking yeah um even teens you know they may be feeling something but they can't understand it or put it into words you think as adults it's difficult sometimes as a child it's even more difficult um well the, the, the one another technique that sprang to mind just now was our friend sean um i don't know if you remember what she does with her kids at the end of the day but she says i want to know what was rad and what was bad and it's just it's fun and i do it sometimes in the car and you know it's say okay what was rad about today and what was bad and it it is sometimes they'll sit there and they can't think of anything bad and that's great or you can say you know it might be that they didn't like the chips at lunch or something well that's fab if that's the thing that's on their mind and it's worrying them hopefully that means they're doing okay yeah. um, but it can also again it's just another way of unlocking niggles that might be there 
think one of the other things is we can jump too quickly into problem solving. Yeah. Because that's what we want to do, fix everything, make everything fine, control it, control the uncontrollables. Um, Especially as a parent, um, you know, you don't want your kids going through bad stuff and and, uh, traumatic experiences. You want them to to be happy and and have a good time all the time. But again, I think we need to be realistic with what what life's about. And it's about helping also develop skills that are going to help them deal with life's ups and downs and and I think actually jumping to solutions straight away can be unhelpful in that so actually helping the the, the children come up with their own solutions mm-hmm. is a more helpful way to go or just give them time to talk through what's going on mm-hmm. not even go near solutions and and on on that there's another thing that I think we're we're all guilty of doing and I know I, I stopped myself literally this week was I just want you to be happy. And I thought, you know, I stopped myself from saying it because I'm thinking that that's an unrealistic goal. And we know that. We know the way the brain works, that's unrealistic. And actually, it sets a lot of uh, human beings up to be more brittle because there's an expectation that what we should be striving for is to be happy. And if we're not happy, we're doing something wrong or there's something wrong with us actually we're not happy all the time and that's okay yes we want you to feel fulfilled and we want you to feel happy as much of the time as possible but we also want our children to understand that sometimes we're not happy sometimes we are worried sometimes we are anxious and that's okay but what do we do with that and i think saying I just want you to be happy is actually inadvertently directing towards fighting. And it comes back to not accepting, but actually fighting, thinking, well, if I'm not happy, I have to stop thinking that thing. I have to stop doing that thing. And it's also setting unrealistic expectations from the get go. Yep. And, and we've been brought up with that and it's no one's fault. That's just the way culture has evolved currently in the west to to speak to us um and you know on the one hand we've got messages going out saying it's okay but on the other hand it's like this is how to be happy and this is how to be successful and this is how to be this um so it's it's they're mixed messages so as parents it's hard because we're still trying to get our own head around it mm. yeah absolutely and one of the the other analogy i like um, from the acceptance and commitment model <laughs> as we keep going back to is is that self as con- context area in terms of that you're okay so imagine that you are the sky and everything that the life hits you is the different weathers and you know when you go above the clouds when you're in an aeroplane above and it's blue Mm. and imagining that that you're that blue sky and the weather comes and goes but you'll always be okay because you're that blue sky mm, that's and nice. life brings the, the rain the wind the sunshine the snow but you'll you'll always be blue you'll always be that sky and you'll always be there and you'll always be fine that's really nice it's really nice and it's it's similar to i listen to andy puddicum on headspace a lot and um, and one of his is thinking of thoughts as clouds 
yeah and again it's it's the the blue sky is who you are your mind and those thoughts will come and go let them come and go just watch them come and go mm. don't grab onto them don't try and hold onto them too tightly but these are techniques that again our brain isn't evolved to naturally do these things um, and we have to learn how to do them and we have to be reminded of how to do them so so um, I someone interviewed me for a podcast last week and they asked me what my one tip would be and obviously that'll change from week to week with me um, but this week <laughs> I thought it's actually about reminders and I thought I should take my own advice and I've created a PowerPoint deck because I like images and, and playing around with design stuff of things I need to remind myself of because Chris gets fed up with me because he'll say oh for goodness sake we've been over this before or I've already told you this you know it is so I thought there's that on the one hand and there's other things like we have to you look at someone like Steve Jobs I'm going off a little bit here but Steve Jobs reminded himself several times a day of what his priorities were mm. we, we don't naturally remember things and so having little reminders of of this is how you know if I get anxious this is a good idea you know to do the washing might help me or if if my daughter's in this sort of mood, I need to remember to take 10, sort of count to 10, or take a breath before I respond. And it's kind of a little, it's what you described actually before, Lou, as um, manual on you. Didn't you call it that? Personal your, manual? Uh, user manual. Yeah, your user manual. And yeah. I think, so what I often say to people who I coach is, you know, there, there might be three key things and I'll say, write them at the front of your notepad. Actually, we've got these things in all different areas of life. And it's nice sometimes to just collect them somewhere. Mm. Um, but when we're talking about it in the context of being a parent and our children going back to school, it's what we have to remind ourselves of. So I don't always get it right, but that's okay. Um, how we respond to our kids, whether it's checking in, how are you really, pause. Um, and then maybe remind us about how they feel because they feel differently to how we feel which is something that i found really hard for the first first few years of my eldest life she has a different personality to me yeah <laughs> and yeah. It's, it's it's it again sounds really obvious but it, you have to learn your children and they're changing and evolving all the time as well yeah yeah, yeah. And I think those reminders are so powerful. I and mean, I don't know what you're like, but I constantly get like little quotes that come up, which I love on like Facebook or Instagram or, and I'll just save one or two occasionally and just kind of read them over. So the one I picked out the other day, which I really liked was stop being ashamed of how many times you've fallen and stop being proud of how many times you've got up. I love that. I know. Isn't that great? that's actually the sort of thing it's nice to have around the house for kids as well you know they the schools are actually i don't know if you found it with the schools your girls are at but schools tend to be pretty good at putting up things like that but it's not just putting it up on the wall it's actually pointing it out um because you, you know what you've said is uh you read them over and what i do is i save them and then i don't read them over 
And so it's that that's a, it's a small act again, but makes a huge difference. If you you save it and you never look at it again, it's not really very helpful. But if you save it and you go back over it and you read it and you digest it and think about what that means, it's really, really helpful. And I think that that's going to be important for the kids and, and the parents as we move forward heading back to school, that actually it's going to be bumpy. Mm-hmm. And let's not focus on the bumps. Let's focus on how we've driven over the bumps and how we've moved forward and, and um, how we've actually achieved supporting each other through this process. Yeah. yeah. And being proud of how many times we've got up. Absolutely. And I, I think, I mean, alluding to something else we talked about before we came on is as a parent, I think we need to be careful of soaking up too much of other parents' anxiety. What do you mean from all those WhatsApp groups? Yes. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, for younger kids, I know people aren't necessarily around the school gates at the moment, but there will always be the parent who, you know, has to have, 10 things ready before every other parent or they have to have something more expensive bought for their kid or there's there's all or there's an anxiety of my child's really anxious about this and they they can't eat this and they can't do that and it's very easy to get swept up in the whirlwind of that anxiety of other parents and it's not to say don't interact with other parents or but just I think being conscious of stepping back from some of the emotion is is quite important yeah well emotion is contagious isn't it you suddenly get wrapped into it and then we talked about empathy didn't we in that kind of the cognitive and the emotional empathy um and actually if you can get that distance from it that um or i guess in act language that diffusion that space just have that space even just stepping back that a physical step back or step away gives you that space to think about and go do I need to be involved in this emotion do I need to have it is it serving me is it helping me Mm. is it helping my my child is it helping my child and I interact well and just noticing that um and I find you know the emotion side is quite interesting because we'll we'll end up being emotional before we even realize it so actually picking up and noticing that is quite a challenge we will have gone with the emotion yeah absolutely and then notice it potentially or not. Um, <laughs> or notice your kid's reaction to you. Yes. Realise you've been patient. Okay, stop. I need to take a pause here. Breathe. It's okay. There's, um, there's uh, a study I refer to in Mirror Thinking that was carried out in Vancouver. Professor measured stress levels, cortisol levels in uh, teachers and in kids mm. and they took the levels of cortisol in kids throughout the morning and if the, t- the teacher was more stressed the children became more stressed just on that emotional contagion piece so it is going to be hard for teachers as well and i think pa- as parents putting more stress and worry on teachers is not helpful because uh, we want them to be we want them to be in the best place to help our kids and so in some ways it's actually if you see the teachers or if you talk to them or you interact with them again may seem obvious but it's saying how are you doing and how are you coping and are you okay and thank you um we're really grateful for everything you're doing we realize you're juggling a lot at the moment that 
can make a massive difference. Yeah, that gratitude and that support for teachers will be is well must be so beneficial for them right now because they're under the cosh right now. Um, I, the one thing I wanted to come back to on that was that um, I guess the context of that emotional contagion, right, is I've done a little bit of work with the horse riders and eventers. Um, and I mean, I haven't read all the research around it, but every rider I've worked with will, and, and uh, trainer will allude to the fact that if you're anxious as a rider, the horse gets more anxious. Yeah. So the importance of actually being able to manage that emotion so that your horse can be calmer, because ultimately you want that. Don't you? You want incredible. a calm horse. <laughs> it really is incredible. Yeah. It's See, a lovely, I mean, it's a lovely real life example. Yeah. It, if that's happening with a horse, of course it's going to happen with a human. Mm. But what a responsibility as well. I mean, that's the other flip side of it, isn't it? You feel this, you can feel a huge responsibility on, oh my goodness, I'm shaping how my child responds. But if think about the teacher and supporting the teacher of our children, you think about as a teacher, I don't know if you will have done this, you stand outside the classroom door when they're little and everyone comes straight in with their questions and their problems. No one really stops to ask the teacher how they are and say, are you okay? Have you had a good weekend or how are you feeling? And okay, classroom door might not be the, the best place for them then discussing their anxieties, but they just get everything piled onto them. It's like that people, parents expect them to just be responding to stuff and solving problems, but they're human too. And if we want them to be the best for our kids, we've got to support them. Can you imagine the amount of time it must be taking up for teachers to deal with all the preparations to school and then on top of that yeah all the parents asking this that and the other and i'm assuming there's probably lots of complaints going on about gcse and a level results as well yeah. i mean it, it's 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 got to be overwhelming for them mm -hmm. i really think so and so i think that's another question that we need to keep asking ourselves in that little list is maybe maybe it's that little list is how am i doing how are my children doing, really? And how's their teacher doing? Yeah, really. Really, yeah, really. <laughs> really, really, yeah. I mean, and if you did all that, what do you think would the outcome be? But it's, it's not straightforward, is it? And that's human behaviour and nuance of human behaviour. But it comes down to that point of open dialogue allowing those thoughts that are swimming around in someone's head to come out in the open, be discussed, not necessarily be solved, but we all know, we can all think of examples of when something's really been bothering us and then we say it out loud to a friend and we feel better and they don't even have to say anything. So it's not, as you said earlier, alluded to earlier, it was not necessarily problem solving, it's listening and really listening. So it's really asking, how are you really? <laughs> And then it's really listening to the answer and not assuming that the answer today or even this hour is going to be the same as the answer in three hours time or tomorrow. So what do you mean by really listening? It's not being distracted with our own thoughts is one thing. So we have a tendency 
to think about what we're going to say next or to think about what we're going to do next. Oh, I've got to remember to put the oven on or I mustn't forget to get that from Sainsbury's is try and put those thoughts aside and actually concentrate on the conversation at hand. Focus, because it's good for you. It, it gives your brain a break from everything else if you're listening to the person and you're really listening to them. So it's, it's not doing this active listening where you're nodding and you don't, you know, you're sort of falsely nodding along and going, oh, yes, oh, really? It's, it's, actually, it's actually... I've been doing for this podcast now. Oh, really? Like I've been doing through this podcast. No, I said that and then realised that you were nodding <laughs> at the time, but, I, but you weren't falsely nodding. You, this is the, this not is that the, you think. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lou. This is the nuance of human behaviour, isn't it? It's, um, you can do it and genuinely mean it. It's being authentic. So it's being, if you're using your mannerisms, it's being authentic with those mannerisms, but it's tuning in on that person who you're asking. And it can be amazingly rewarding for both parties if you do that. So it's, I mean, what I'm hearing is that it's, it's that listening is, it's genuinely wanting to know how your kid is doing. And in that moment, giving them that space and that time. So putting your phone down or any screens, absolutely any distractions and going, how are you really? And then generally wanting to know the answer and being comfortable with being okay with whatever answer they give you. Because mm -hmm. there's always, there's also a, there's a skill that I just want to hope they've had a great day. And actually if they haven't, how am I going to deal with that? Mm -hmm. And then but knowing actually that's again, not necessarily your responsibility, your responsibility in my mind, and I'm, I'm definitely not a perfect parent, but I, my intention is always to give my kids the best that I can do, is actually going, if they have had a bad day, that's okay, and I'm just, I'm just going to tell them that I love them and give them a hug. Absolutely. So they know they have a safe place to come back to, which creates a level of security in their personal narrative, which will carry them through life, carry them through the day when they're at school, knowing that they have a warm hug to come home to. Mm. Um, and it also, as an adult, that sort of selfless love, um, unconditional love, is reflected back in how we treat ourselves and other people. It all adds up. Um, but it's not beating ourselves up when we get it wrong, because we will get it wrong, because we're human. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing, just I was, uh, my my youngest daughter and my eldest sometimes do struggle to put into words why they feel something mm. and, and that you know it's not trying to unpick it necessarily and say you feel sad if you're hormonal for example as a teenager you may not be able to understand why you feel anxious or why you feel sad or you just feel like that and actually you don't need to be able to understand where it comes from you just understand that that's what you're feeling so just um, being able to name that feeling the yeah emotion. i feel sad yeah and i'm only just seeing in the last couple of year probably my seven-year-old being able to even name emotions she now says i feel frustrated or i feel this and when they're little they they can't the other thing that i work on and i don't know if this resonates with you is is with my kids staying away from the why questions and asking more about what or how because those questions seem much easier to answer than the why tell me more about that well why questions are quite ambiguous they're quite vague and and for kids to work out 
at their late level of development why something is happening can be much harder than going what reasons do you think there have been for you feeling like that or yeah, what's happened in your day um this has led you to feel like that will be much easier than answering why do you feel like that yeah no it's it's, it's very true um you know so uh, just a question, how do you think you could um, you could have done today differently to make yourself feel better? What could you do tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, That's really cool. nice constructive questions. Yeah, why is, is, is really hard to answer. It's very true. Very true. So, um, if we were to sum up... <laughs> It's, you're, you're the summer wrapper. <laughs> I knew you were going to come. It's, it's the time. It's the summery time. Have I come up with any caucus today? I don't think I have. You, do, you always do. You always do. Um, so if I was going to sum up our discussion fee, I would, I would sum up. We've gone here, there and everywhere on this topic of how to support kids going back to school with the knowledge that the fact that it is going to be um, full of uncertainty, full of chaos, full of things we can't control. And actually, what is it that we can do as parents or adults uh, who support children in managing our own emotions to support them managing their emotions? And actually, one of the key skills in that is just checking in with them, see where they're at, and giving them a hug and then telling them that it's okay. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, that. I think that's great. Um, I do, I do, um, and 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 actually just being okay with the fact that we're not perfect parents. Yeah, we're all human. We're all human, and that's okay too. Mm. And that's the beauty of being human. <laughs> yeah, again, depends which angle you look at it from. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's like you say it's anxiety provoking the situation in in and of itself and um checking in with ourselves checking with our kids checking in with the teachers and um and and talking and really listening to what people say i i hope that people listening to this understand the intention is to support and to we've talked a lot about some of the skills that can help and if anyone's got any more questions on that then go for it um but hopefully so we'll have been you know hopefully expressed in a simple way that they can just take on and use if they're not already doing that absolutely always contact us with questions so i put lou's details and my details on the um on the show notes so you can follow us or talk to us or whatever you want to do um and, and the reason we're doing this is because we want to try and share our knowledge from our profession so we really really mean it when we say ask us questions if you've got any yeah do it that's how we you know it's it's about how our knowledge and experience can help others absolutely so thank you very much lou um and Always a pleasure fee if people have got questions for our next one please drop us a line as well take care, take care. thanks lou thanks bye